Anyways, welcome to another episode of Think Twice, Cut Once podcast. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by nobody because nobody has sponsored us yet, nor have we tried to get sponsors. But someday when we are a bit more on top of it, we will. We'll be giving giveaways away. Yeah. Just I think so. Just go and bother with it. We have shit to give away. Like we'll give it away. Yeah. Give and it away. Give it away. Give it away now. Fun fact: recorded on this mic. It, Not it this was. exact one, yeah. but the seven B was used on Blood Sugar. Did he like magic. take the pop filter off too, and like grip it? He might have. He was doing some sweet, sweet heroin back then. I love Anthony Kiedis. I do too. He's so funny. God, I love all of them. Shante's my boy. You know how I feel. One day. If there's one thing I'm going to tattoo of my body, it might be... Anthony Kiedis' face. Flea, probably. <laughs> Just, Just skip Flea and go straight Not Anthony. the looker of the band, but definitely the Just reason I play bass. fat mustache on there. Oh, dude. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have the technology to have a fat mustache. But... The hardware. In any case... The day that, like, uh, Ghost in the Shell type, like, upgrades that we can get, like, that becomes a thing... For your birthday, I'm gonna buy you the uh, mustache upgrade. Dude, I want. I almost want chest hair first. <laughs> chest hair first. Yeah, I might want that before I want. Mm, I might want a full beard first. Like, what's the okay? Give me the ROI on getting chest hair first before a mustache. Well, I can kind of grow a white trash mustache right now, so I don't feel like it's something that is out of reach. Yeah, so you, it's not you do clean. Have a mustache. It's not clean. It's a dirty. It's either Italian or white trash, depending on where you're from and what you know I, about me. It's quite Spanish. Okay, like it's the an white Italian trash of Italy. Of... <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's just it's a weak game. It's probably a strong. It's a Boise six. Mm. Uh, whereas some serious mustaches out here. I've not had um, chest hair ever, <laughs> and so to me, it's more elusive. I think it's like you want to try it on for size. Well, shaving this weak ass amount of facial hair is kind of painful sometimes. I don't know what it's like to have a beard, but you know, like shaving hair off your face, it's not. I hate it. It hurts. It's, it's not like, like a fun experience. I don't. I don't shave. I just buzzer. See, if I had facial hair like you, I would do the GQ five o'clock shadow. Hmm. I might keep the neck a little more trimmed up. I might do something like that, hmm. but. That's spoken as a person who doesn't have to maintain that many hairs in my face. Yeah. I don't mind if my like chest hair and my neck hair just run into them. If I could go back in time to like no, I keep fourth like grade math that was watching difference. like 007 and like watching ladies run their hair Dude. through chest being like someday I'll have that. Just a time machine right now. Go back in time and tell my little self, no, you won't, buddy. Look, I'll Your tell you. Your nipples will be covered. Got to care about that. Every once in a while. Your gotta, belly button needs to catch some that. lint. Got to hold that lint in that. there. Other than that, you're going to be hairless on your upper body. Every once in a while, you just have to like hold them out and trim because you can't actually see your nipple anymore. <laughs> yeah. Or like you can like twist them. This part won't be in the podcast, right? Oh, I fucking hope not. We might have to redo the intro. Okay. Thanks for uh, listening to the uh, Think Twice, Cut Once podcast. This is brought to you by nobody because we don't have sponsors yet. We got to start that over because I can't cut that beginning part. Oh, okay. <laughs> guys it's another episode of the think twice cut once podcast uh by another episode i do mean the second episode this is actually brought to you by nobody 
because we still don't have sponsorship and nowhere are we looking forward to this point in time. We, when we are ready for it, we'll do that, but yeah. we're not there yet. Full disclosure, we talked for about 10 minutes already, but it was about literally nothing related to our podcast topics. It was mostly about my lack of body hair. And so we decided chest to- hair and mustaches. We decided to start fresh and not put you through that. But we are going to put you through this, and it's not much better, but it is more focused than what we were talking about before. And the only problem is <clears throat> we had a six rack of Stella before this, but all the beer that is left at the shop- is the good and faithful number one winner. PBR. PBR, dude. This one blue ribbon in the 1800s and has stayed relevant ever since. So my thing with PBR is like I, I will probably drink PBR for the rest of my life. I will only buy it when I have to, which is like, you know, 24-pack rolling up to a party that you don't really want to be at. You feel like you're the oldest person there, so you have to bring some beer. That's what I'm going to do. If I can buy, and that's if I can't get Stella or anything better. Okay. But that's that's kind of my my relationship with PBR. And I like this, like... The motif is nice. Dude, check it out. There's like a Japanese on one side or something. Oh. <laughs> it's a limited edition of some sort. Yeah, Kayla getting the good stuff. PBR so. is funny to me because it was a beer that I always thought was so much worse than it would be growing up because people talked so much Favorite shit change. on PBR. And what I would say about PBR is the second it gets to less than ice cold, yeah. my throat constricts. Move on. Just It's so cheap, throw it away. Yeah. Now, I've recently had a resurgence for myself because we were like all these band practices that I've had recently. It's mm. like you keep buying these like boutique $9 to $10 six packs at the Jackson's Shell Station. And for that same price, I could have twice the beer. <laughs> and we're just playing music. We're Dude. not sitting here having a connoisseur conversation about yeah. the quality of these hops right here. We're just pounding a beer to drink. You're, you're glugging it down. It's yeah. just more of a... No, Paps is like a band practice beer. It's, totally. a per, it's, it's why... That could be some of my... Live outside of my means. It could be some of my love for it. Yeah, it's like... I, I, I got nothing to prove a band practice. No. We're just playing music. We're having a yeah, good time. Yeah, you shouldn't have anything to prove it. We're going to shred practice. no matter what. Like there's a there's a bottom line that you should be able to be there and like... It's going to be a good time. I hate to say compete, but like be able to keep up. But after that, like you shouldn't really have to prove anything. I'm not the best in, a, in the in world. A good band. But I, people I usually say, are waiting know. for me in a band practice. That's usually the thing. It's not like Matt didn't learn the song. It's not like that right. with me. So I don't, I don't feel like I have to prove much. All this to say, you don't have to prove we're starting anything. over again on this podcast to have it be more meaningful. And we're talking about beers now. I didn't take my boots off. But I'm just saying it's definitely. A great value for what you're getting outside of the state of Utah, that is. No offense, Utah, but your beer laws are Dude. ridiculous. 3.5% at a gas station. I, I hit my limit over there. Not alcohol limit, but like limit with Utah. Like, I love Utah to a degree. It's beautiful. It's got a Wild West vibe to it. Absolutely. In the, like, you know, Idaho and Montana and all that kind of stuff, but... After what day two or day three of being there, we had a great time at the Blade HQ event. Great time with Timote and all that. We take Rick Hinder out to dinner to a terrible Brazilian place, which I didn't know there was bad Brazilian. Yeah, we turns out that. you can go to Salt Lake and get like a subpar, still the same price or more place where you can't buy Prosecco by the glass. You have to buy a fucking bottle. Piss me off. 
you could only buy like beer and wine. Yeah. And like Rick's not a beer wine drinker. Like he, he likes some, his screwdrivers some, yeah. and stuff like that, which I totally respect. Yeah. So like, okay, no big deal. We get this really shitty steakhouse and uh Brazilian steakhouse. We we're hungry too, so it kind of hit the spot. But we, you know, we did our thing. Sat outside; it was just kind of nice. And we're like, people no. might be wondering, like, what is a bad Brazilian steakhouse? <sighs> if beef tastes gamey, something ain't right. That's, yeah, and it's, that's what I mean by that. Yeah, if you're eating venison or elk, you might expect right. A Gamey's gamey fine, but it's like what it's kind of hard life to this cow live. <laughs> like, where was what was he eating growing up? Does this fat singer cow like taste like a sprinter? Tastes like sprinters and tears, dude. <laughs> yeah. It Hard was bad. Living. So we leave there and we're like, and go oh, to the we'll hotel. Go, yeah. The whole Rick's, thing is like, no, we'll get a drink back at Rick's, at Rick's hotel. And we're trying to like tell him like, oh, the laws here are a little bit different. And he's like, oh, really? And I'm like, yeah, it's just like, you know, the, the, all this church and stuff, like they're, they're heavy in the laws. And like, if it isn't sanctioned to be a bar, then you can't go there and just get a drink. Yeah. You have to have intent to dine license. or intent to eat if you're at a restaurant getting booze. They won't just give you a beer and let you leave. You have to have some kind of food with it. And he's like, that sounds crazy. And I was like, yeah, it kind of is weird. And uh, I was like, well, it's weird that you haven't run into that yet. We walk into the hotel, and the hotel bar is designated as a restaurant. So right. unless you have intent to dine, you can't just get a drink there. that little sign like, right on the top. It's right in the There's, counter. It's and kind of saying, like, I thought you were going to get a drink. I always took a picture, drink. like, because yeah. you could see the sign, and behind it, there's, like, Jameson, yeah. Cuervo, yeah. like, Sky and after vodka. eating a unhealthy amount of gamey tasting beef the idea of ordering a side of fries right then was a non-starter no. like i want to drink with you rick but i don't want to drink with you so much that i'm gonna eat one more bite of food <laughs> when i have the meat sweats from apparently impoverished beef like dude it's bad and it was like a principal thing at that point it's yeah like, no nice try government like, screw you i'm not i'm not gonna do that yeah I don't know where like one state over. Actually, every state around it, you could just not have to buy fries or something. Yeah, I don't know of any other place. I mean, there are dry counties in the south and stuff, but it's counties. That's a weird. It's a weird rule. Like county almost makes more sense than a state. If anybody from Utah, I don't know, government like and legislation is listening to us, just let go of the beer thing, guys. Jesus. It's not more of a problem anywhere else than it is right in your little neck of the woods. I don't know. Dude, All I, you're doing is making people fat and not even getting them drunk. They can't even be like escape from their fatness when they drink because they're getting fatter when they drink because they just get these <laughs> empty calories and none of the booze associated with it. Unless you go to a liquor store and buy stuff at a liquor store. But you shouldn't have the extra but, step. And that's coming from a person that has to buy liquor at a liquor store. Yeah, like Idaho's get, liquor stores are not that good. No. And I have to go to that place from the state to get booze booze. It's not like California when you go into a Vons and there's like Dude. liquor on the shelf. That's like, that's a weird experience. Like Vegas, I can get my my Jojo potato wedges and a JMO, like all in one foul soup. She sounds hot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can get a lot of stuff in Vegas in one foul soup. <laughs> As I learned at USN. Dude, Vegas is just another town. Like, everybody says it. Everybody says it before you go. Like, you get prepped so many times. Like, Vegas, 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 Vegas. I get it. I've done it. It never stops giving back. That's the one thing about Vegas. It keeps coming. It's like that friend that always has something smart to say to you. taking. And it keeps taking. Dude, I got friends like that. Another, Another struggle. But it's fun. Speaking of travel, let's I talk about what like we Vegas wanted to than... talk about on this podcast. Yeah, actually, screw that. Yeah, 
Let's get let's get. We can this. talk more about Vegas yeah. later. I'm going to tell you that I in the Johannesburg airport. Speaking of the booze thing, uh huh. We were drinking. We had multiple glasses. Well, mom had multiple glasses of wine. Marissa and I had multiple delicious Heinekens. By the way, the Heineken over there tastes so much better than the American Heineken. Really? I've also found over the last. I don't know. I'm going out on a limb here. I'm not a not a professional on local Heineken, but I'd say over the last like four to five years, local Heineken has taken a, a turn taste a taste turn for the worst. <laughs> okay. Anyway, the apparently like they put more skunk in it over here. <laughs> no, it's like it's like fart. Yeah, anyway. you know, sometimes I take a drink of Corona and I get this weird smell of hard boiled egg. <laughs> and it's only with Coronas that you don't. Yeah. I don't eat a lot of hard-boiled eggs. I'm not like a Tim or Marissa. There's like a thing that's know. like connecting in those. Yeah, we eat, eat a hard-boiled egg every night. I had one this morning. It's anyway, so like the, the Heineken over there is brewed, apparently brewed or, or whatever, poured, bottled, huh? up in uh, Zimbabwe, up north, oh, with yeah. Amstel Lager, which is fucking delicious. Oh, my God. I had so many Amstel beers. I had so many, and then Castle and Castle Light are like basically like the Bud and Bud Light of South Africa. And okay, God, they're <clears> delicious. <throat> like, I get a headache instantly with a lot of the American domestics. Oh, dude! Like if even have... switching from Stella to this, like I start to get a little bit of a headache. But I think Paps is the one that that does it least, and then like Coors Light and like Coors mm-hmm. are kind of the other one. Sometimes Coconut kind of helps. Anything else, I'm fucked. Like my head hurts, it starts swelling. I have a couple, dude. I'm that way with um, like a Bud Weiser, like a Bud Genuine Draft. Yeah. Recently, they went to this bottle or this can motif that was like it was when I was growing up, mm. and there was this weird nostalgia. I was like, the classic, like just the red, red and white. <sighs> I and I saw that, that on the gas that. station shelf one day, and I was like, oh, I'm buying that because like, as a little I kid, want to love Budweiser. Yeah, as a little kid, I thought dude. like, dude, that's the beer. You know? I grew up watching NASCAR. Like NASCAR was a part of my family. I listened to some old school punk rock. Fear, yeah. Budweiser, Dude. king of beers. Anyways, you listen to Fear too? Yeah, a little bit. I'm not going to sit here bit, and yeah. say I was hardcore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I listened to I Fear. That song. I saw him live a couple times. I actually got into Fear, tiny bit, and then learned that Flea was played the for them. And I was like, yeah. oh, yeah. <sighs> Fun fact, all you people out there: Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers was in the band Fear for a while, and he, he quit his, because yeah. he did not want to play. Downstrokes with a pick for the rest of his life. Yeah. And at the time, everyone thought it was a bad decision yep. because fear was happening yeah. in the LA scene. They're coming back up. Fast forward to now, and the Chili Peppers are one of the best rock bands of all time. <sighs> so he made the right decision. You guys will hear like a lot of pro Red Hot Chili Peppers um, propaganda on this. this uh, it's not propaganda. Podcast. Facts are not propaganda. <laughs> uh, Absolutely. Yeah. At some point, I might even be possessed for some goddamn reason to bring in my uh, John Frusciante record collection just to show it off. And then Matt filmed some of the pieces because Matt has. I got some of the baller pieces you don't have, Dan. Yeah, you have what I don't have. And uh, but together, we don't complete the collection. And we that, don't. Not even close. Yeah, we have to. Well, no, actually, really close. Surprisingly close. Really? Yeah, I've got a lot. I've seen, I've seen, I've seen your shit. Um, well, the point of all of this Sorry, we was digress. to talk about, uh, you're talking about traveling, you're talking about Heineken tasting better there, yippity yappity. You were in South Africa for the last two weeks. You just got back into town, uh, officially into the shop yesterday, but two days ago at 6.30 p.m. you arrived after a 40-hour travel trip. 
And you were out there for, I guess it was a total of what, a little over two weeks? It was, no, it was like two weeks to the day. It was dead nuts. Exactly like, 14 I think days. 14 days, yeah. yeah. And so while the, while the Reeves were out of the shop, you know, we were kind of keeping this thing afloat. And uh, and it went, all things considered, relatively smooth. Um, Bill Harsey reminded me today that when the cats are away, the mice are at play. Yeah, yeah. Which was a little bit too too truth. soon. Too soon, man. It's true. A little bit to the truth. But all things good. We got a good crew here. I love yeah, that. well, the, the cool thing was is we kept it all going. Kept you guys out of the mix. As tempted as I was to ask a couple of questions here and there, I kept thinking to myself, no, they're on, like, the only thing that's close to like a vacation that I've ever seen you guys take since I've worked here because we get to travel a lot. We have a lot of fun, but whenever we leave here, we're going somewhere technically to work. And even the people at our shop sometimes kind of think it's a romantic thing. Like we're just out partying. Right. And we're definitely Dude. doing that as I learned last trip to Vegas, but we have, we have our good times. Work sure. hard, play hard, bro. That's the way it is. And it's like, it's a lot of work and it's not necessarily like all fun times, rainbows and butterflies. And it's not like physical. It's mental. Like my brain is just screwed by the end of a show. Well, it's tough to I just don't know why. answer the same questions all day long. Yeah. Be polite about it and interested in it all day long. You're just on point all day. That's you're what on it point. is. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah. Like you're, you kind of have to, you can't ever kind of just chill and relax for a second or, or anything like that. And it's like, it sounds like complaining. We're super blessed that people yeah. like really love, going to shows. love our product and talking to us about it. That's the best part about it for me is interacting yeah. with the end users. But uh, it's it's just work. You go there, you set up, you work, you work all day, you talk knives all day, you yeah. leave, you go to dinner with other makers that are awesome, <laughs> but you talk about knives with them all day. Yeah. So then you get back to the hotel knives room. Or, uh, yeah, back yeah. and forth. But yeah, then you get back to the hotel room. And it's like, I just want to lay here and watch <laughs> nothing on TV. Which Matt is really good at finding just random crime shows. <laughs> crime shows I love. Storage Wars. I don't know Storage why. Wars, yeah. I love. Dude, the crime shows. I have Vegas, a Vegas, we actually had a morning of, of good crime. They drive by shooting that one time, yeah. yeah. Dude, I, I realized I have a problem with just TV. Like if something is on TV, it could be a class action lawsuit infomercial about some mesh implant that you had that is a... <laughs> issue for people nowadays that doesn't affect me at all. I will watch it all the way through. Even without noise. If it's, I'm just so visually stimulated. Yeah, yeah, like you can just watch it without sound. My wife has got to the point where if like the TV is on, she's trying to talk to me, she'll just turn it off. That. And I get annoyed because it takes I get a while to boot back up and I'm like, you could just talk to me. But she can't. She's right. I'm totally no, no, no. I, I I'm hearing her. There's but I'm watching the pretty stories on the TV. Right. She's yeah. totally right, dude. Yeah. But uh, again we digress. You were in South Africa for a couple of weeks That's visiting right. the motherland. Uh, you motherland. are first generation American, but uh, Anne Reeve and Tim, or Chris Reeve, are South Africans that became Americans in '89 or thereabouts. Yep. Well, you've been there got a few to times. American '89 became you, Americans later. You've been there a few times now. Yeah, so your this third is, or fourth time. This is my sixth time there. Sixth time. Uh, rack it up to number six. Dang. Man. So I went my when I was in first grade, and okay. then, uh, which was a a. So was it 2009, our, it, it would have been our uh, summer, their winter yep. time. I don't remember what time of the year. Then uh, I was third grade. So, jeez, so, how's, this, how's this getting? So I'm 27 years old. I was born in 91. So 97 was, I don't know. I think 90, no, 97 was that third grade trip. And we're there for Christmas, which was the funniest thing because, or just the weirdest experience because, 
December and Christmas and all that kind of stuff in South Africa is so polar opposite because it's their summer. It's in the middle of like heat season. So we're up here freezing our, our, our buns so off and they're cooking hot dogs on windshields. Yeah, no, 100%. <laughs> or like, whatever. Yeah, you, could, you could fry an South egg African on like a, hot dog a, a bantam bucky. Like, yeah. So Ford makes uh, the bantam buckies. It's like a, a, it's a Ford Escort turned into a pickup. Which oh yeah, so many people drive over there. Oh yeah, a lot of like the uh, um, I'm trying to figure out how to say this like politically correct to say it in America, but a lot of like the the working people and a lot of the like like lower middle class. And I'm not saying like that's all black people. Is every color under the sun? Like everybody works over there. Yeah, you know. Yeah, um, it is a funny country, but the Bantam Bucky is a classic. And, uh, dude, like a- dude is it literally a Ford Escort? They cut the back out. It's, it's like, it's like a, a not as good, nearly as good looking, um, Subaru Brat Camaro. Oh, but no, no, no. Like, uh, no, no, not the fucking El Camaro. The El Camino. El Camino. Well, they had the Ranchero. Which I know. For all you want. truck. Dude, I'm going to. all you truck car fans out there. When I get a lot of money, I'm buying that Ranchero. No, no, no. An El Camino, son. I come from a Chevy family. No, I know. Won't be cut dead in a Ranchero. <laughs> That's why they literally really like sure, we're talking dude. we're comparing like ratchets to ratchets here, but like the later rancheros are downright ugly. They are the later El Caminos Damn, for El Camino a minute are horrible, like, but then they came back around. They came back around. Bona, they never got like dude. too big. It's sorbet and Debona. They're still white trash, but I love them. Dude, oh, I grew up. They're so my dad good. Still has a six cent El Camino. And First it's time like, I looked at an El Camino. I fell in love. Yeah, I get it. It's so functional, dude. I could put my eight ten Ampeg in the back and. My hot babe in the bucket. It is seats. putting a greasy necker gaith like yeah. haircut with a with a A shirt. I got another, I got into the El Camino the other day at my dad's house and the sleeves jumped off my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> they just disappeared, dude. Poof, gone, dude. They're like, we can't we're not allowed to be here. And they left, like, dude. Wow, but the ends of my shirt the are looking pretty The back of my frayed. hair grew out a little longer. Like I'm, I almost got an immediate instamullet, but my I was most surprised by the sleeves. They were like, they were gone, dude. dude. They're like, we're not supposed to be here. That we. That was like when you, <gasps> like you see these like haunted movies and someone's in the basement and they know that they're not supposed to be there and there's a bad right. presence there. That's how my sleeves and my shirt felt just when like I got into the El Camino. The ran day. away. Yep, they were just gone. Like hands out of your pockets, just yeah, sleeves down. It's gone. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, Sorry, back I, to I we got on this. Sorry. We got onto this point because you're talking about Bucky's. Phantom um, Bucky. Okay. I don't remember why I got into the Bantam Bucky, but man, South Africa is cool. Okay. It's a, it's a really cool place. One day I'm going to take you there. Um, I was so glad. So this is the first time that I brought Marissa, my girlfriend. She fell in love. Absolutely fell in love. Yeah. Um, it's a crazy place. It's not somewhere that I want to live. Uh, there's a reason why we immigrated to the States. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like nothing works there, but the whole country just kind of keeps going. Going, yeah, it's like that engine that like it leaks oil, and you know it's not going to get enough air, and it's running like three. What's going on? It's running three cylinders, but it doesn't stop. Against and it gets you from like point A to point B, and like you know it drops below, like the the gas needle drops below mm-hmm. reserve, mm-hmm. and you've ran like forty miles, and it just keeps going. Yeah, dude, that's South Africa, and there's so much culture. I love it. I love that place. It'll be cool to check it out. And from the outside in, it's always kind of interesting because obviously you're, you know, you were born here, but you've been mm-hmm. there a lot. You know a lot about the country because your parents I mean, are yeah. from there. And it's, uh, it's interesting to I have that perspective. I know more than the average, like, American. Oh, easy. 
Well, you grew up like when I went to the cabin and see all these like really cool paintings of like epic old like 1800s battles with the Dutch army or whatever it was. Like you just, that's the history that your parents learned. The history there is insane. They taught you that. So you as a just just through osmosis, through proximity, without ever having gone there, would have heard more about that country than anyone yeah. we know. Like the average but American. now you've you know. been there a bunch too. But so, then I go over there and I, I realize like I know so little. Yeah. Like my sister who lives down there in Cape Town, um, who I went over for her wedding, which is amazing. I'll get into that in a second. But um, no, it's, it's, it's a fascinating country. There's so much history. And mm-hmm. you have to realize that it started in a very similar time, like not too far off than when America started. Yeah. So a lot of the the colonial history and just what happened it was a, it was almost like a, not not an arms race but a just people getting down their race so you just have a, a bunch of different cultures mm-hmm. um a lot of crazy stuff going on and uh no it's really cool and we jumped around we went to we flew into Johannesburg and then we bounced out to Sedgefield to where our really good friends Eugene and Avril live which is kind of a oh, Sedgefield is is kind of a almost like a retirement type town like the like the florida of, of like yeah okay. like in in many ways but it's not the taint of south africa like <laughs> florida is to the states yeah um it, it's like exquisite beaches oh my god like the i, I gotta show you the pictures yeah. i might even post some I, I i posted quite a few on my instagram insta what which is tim reeve all under case i was <laughs> <laughs> just kidding um no but like uh some of my favorite beaches in the world. Down cool. There. Cool. So we had a good time decompressing. So you guys got, okay, let's, let's back up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, Travel yeah. over keep there. It's pretty gnarly, right? You guys leave from here. It's what, like a 16 hour or so flight when you leave the States to like, did you guys leave from Atlanta? Where'd you go from? <sighs> what did we on the do? Way there? I can't remember. You flew to Atlanta on the way so back. What was the yeah, way there? Then we had a different, we had a completely different route there. We, we don't flew, have to get too far into it, but like no, essentially but, it's a, crazy long flight yeah so we so it was kind of interesting because we we tested stuff there and coming back right okay so we flew i'm going to call it salt lake is the intermediate i think that's what it was so it's boise salt lake Mm -hmm. salt lake to amsterdam which is 11 hours okay or 10 and then amsterdam to johannesburg all same time zone and that was like 10 i can't it was like 11 i think it was 11 and 10 or 10 11 i can't remember yeah um, so that was, that was grueling. So it was a total of 24 hours of travel time. Okay. And you guys then end up come, there and you're technically eight hours ahead of ahead. Boise, Idaho, yep. which is always kind of funny. I was like, yeah, can I text them? What time is it? One, two, three, five. It's like counting on my hands. Like how, how many hours ahead or eight kind of thing. Yeah. Um, okay. So you guys arrived in, in Johannesburg first. Yep. And yeah. then how long were you so there? We spent like two days there. And so, who in your guys' family is, is that? So that's my family? mom's side. Yeah. Okay. So it's actually kind of funny. Um, <laughs> this is what made our travel plan super crazy is. So my mom's brother, Don Cameron, mm-hmm. Donald Cameron. I love that guy. He's DC. amazing. DC. Yeah. Um, so him and his wife, Robin Cameron, who is a complete goddess. And then their three daughters who are awesome. So okay. it's um, Kathy, the oldest, uh, Gail, the middle, and Susie, the youngest. Susie is a year younger than me. Gail, um, they're going to be disappointed that I don't know the exact ages, but Gail's like 32, 33, 34, somewhere in there. And Kathy's a, a couple of years older than that. So Kathy just had a baby last year, little baby Emma. And okay. so we got to check out her and she's a total just sweetheart. The last time I was in South Africa was two years ago for Kathy and Jono, Jono Booth. 
Mm-hmm. Because Kathy is now not Kathy Cameron. She is Kathy Booth. KB. <laughs> KB. And uh, they have a cute little house. And they're. Uh, we just had a great like afternoon with them. So the first uh, first chunk of the visit there was, was, was Anne's side of the family. Yeah. But what was funny is uh, Don and, and um, Robin were up in Burgundy, France, on a walking tour. And they had a complete ball. Apparently, they just they just had a had a blast walking all over France and checking out the Normandy area and all that kind of stuff. So they were gone when we came in. And this is what added to the whole crazy travel plan. So we get into Johannesburg, and uh, Gail and Susie come pick us up in like the big Fortuna, which is basically like a it's like a hulked out uh, forerunner. Dude. Dude, they're so cool. I wish we had Fortunas over here. Is it Toyota? Yeah. So the so Dude. over there they have the Toyota Hilux uh-huh. and the Toyota Fortuna. Okay. And those are like the two cars. The Highlander and the Foreigner of their of their area. Yeah. But they've got to be it's more like legit. A, yeah, I guess it's like a Highlander, but okay. it's like more like even like a little bit better. And then it's like a it's like halfway between the Tundra and like the Hilux is kind of better than a Tacoma, but not a Tundra. Like and there's shit on my, on my t- I've seen those trucks. Yeah. No, no like no I've seriously. But That's like the they're all over Africa, yeah. like they're all over everywhere. Like okay. the highlight Toyota Hilux is, is yeah. it's a great truck, but it doesn't compete with my tundra. It's not it's Hilux, but it's not. No, actually luck, I really so. wanted to come in. <laughs> Low Lux, dude. So anyway, long we you know, long story short, um we get in, we we spend a great time. Susie Susie put us up and you know, we had a great time. And then um from there, we flew out to Sedgefield to, to hook up with Eugene and Avril. And, and okay. um, they're longtime friends of my folks. Eugene uh, was Chris's like best friend, yeah? Yeah, best friend. You got We got to cut in that photo. There's this one photo you showed me of those two when they were like our age. On the beach. And Chris Reeve had the sweetest mullet dude. I've ever seen in my life. It's so good. They're on the beach with their surfboards. Oh, uh, Like dude. Durban Beach. Well, Chris has this like just Eugene's curly. super tall. Like I always oh, yeah. thought Chris was way taller than I was, but we're about yeah. the same height, I guess. But Eugene's like 6'4", six, 6'5". Yeah, no, he's huge. He's, he's not a joke, dude. So his nickname growing up is unit. Chewy. Everyone unit. just calls him Chewy. Yeah, I get and it. And I th- think it comes from like the Star Wars world. I don't, I don't know exactly, but no, he's just and and a great like, um, like when Greeks would carve somebody, uh-huh. like it was based off of Eugene, I think, in, yeah. in so many ways. So he was a swimmer for the longest time and just like casually swims, but is. Yeah, just super just shredded. Anyway, but he was so when my dad was racing GP bikes, um, Eugene was his mechanic, like auto mechanic. Cool. Basically, so they were they they were, didn't have a factory ride; they were privateers. Privateers. It's a word I always forget when I describe yeah, this. Privateer. Privateers. Okay. Yeah. And they, so when the bike would come in with problems and all that kind of stuff, it was Chris and Eugene. They'd figure it out. They yeah. would. Yeah. And so there's funny stories of, like, so my dad had an old like powder blue. Um, porthole rear window little VW bug <laughs> during this era. And he, so him and Eugene would pack up. So Sunday race, right? Uh-huh. Saturday was, was practice and qualifying. So Friday night they get out of work. They would take the front seat, front passenger seat out of the, sorry, it could be, it'd be right hand drive. So the front passenger seat out of the, the bug, uh-huh. they would take the front wheel off the bike. They'd back the bike in or put it in reverse or whatever and put the wheel in and they bundle in and Eugene would sit like on the apparently on the battery box of like the the bug and they would drive like two or three hours to uh what was it um god what was the racetrack there's Roy Hesketh circuit okay 
and now I'm just like forgetting. I'm just trying to wrap my head around the fact that they took the seat out of a VW Bug <laughs> and put a motorcycle in there. Yeah. And somehow, I mean, I've been in some and tight then, situations right. with like bands driving around. And then you put a six foot five dude in there and all their like kit, like the racing leathers and the gas and like all that kind of stuff, like went in there and Chris like in there and driving and they drove like two, three hours. That's rad, dude. To uh, Kailami circuit and uh, Kailami. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, dude, oh, love, love that circuit and it's changed a bunch since, since back then. Uh-huh. Um, but then there's Roy Hesketh circuit as well. So they, they go all over the place and, and they would do qualifying and, you know, Sunday. So they sleep like on the campgrounds there on Friday night and they do Saturday, uh, you know, qualifying and or practice qualifying. And then Sunday was race day and they get after it. So anyway, so long story short, we get to, to Sedgefield and that place is just absolutely gorgeous. It's kind of a retirement area. We did a lot of hiking, a lot of like sand, uh, 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 like beach hiking and stuff like that. Like got super sunburned, loved it. Cleansing, Dude. like yeah. super cleansing. Flew from there up to Durban to my dad's other like school, school age friend like uh tom walker and tom and barbie walker so barbie is uh eugene's sister tom walker uh this is eugene uh, uh, barbie fichart be eugene fichart's sister there anyway, uh, tom walker and his son jared uh-huh. who is about our age and into the stuff that we're into and he's awesome and uh, anyway, I had a good time with where them. was that what city was that that's, so that's, up that's in durban. durban so that's okay. where my dad's from uh, pine town durban for those of you that don't know, again, this isn't officially a Chris Reeve Knives sanctioned podcast, although it might appear that way when I'm wearing this yeah. shirt and this hat and we're doing it in the shop, but we're yeah. basically speaking our opinions on things uh, that may or may not be knife related. It's really good to put that in there Just right now. Throw that out there right now. But Durban is where Chris Reeve Knives technically started. And before yep. it was Chris Reeve Knives, before the, before the One Piece Knives, before all that started, Chris made custom pieces with the CR logo still, yeah. but as a basically a custom knife maker in a garage at the house he lived in, in Durban, which is when he met right. Anne yeah. Reeve. They moved to the States a few years later. You're yeah. their first collaboration. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say that actually. Well, it's, a, right. it's a great the business one was for Matt. First. It's, it's Matt's better line. I do it every time. I love it. But, um, first good Cadillac. So how cool was that? I mean, it was cool. You got to go. You mentioned I, I was asking before you left if you're going to go there and you should go see the house again. Yeah. But you did that. You we actually did. went there and we saw the did. place. This all started. Was it kind of a surreal experience? I know that you'd mentioned that. Yeah. The house has changed. I've seen photos of it. The and house the for photos the most part didn't was, have a didn't have a a, a wall around it. A right. Gate that's changed. The house for the most part seems like it's still the Is same. It kind of weird to look at that and Walls just think like it, everything too. that you do today, everything that you are. Yeah started in that garage right there yeah it helps like a weird experience it gives me a good grounding it gives me a lot of like like the craziness that can kind of ensue in the engineer uh driven world that we're in the the technology driven world that we're in all that kind of stuff it it brought me it gave me a lot of like okay and and mom like laid out so there's these two garage doors right and the house kind of this side we're looking over this big gate you know because now they have like big big uh uh brick walls and razor wire and all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. electric gate in the front and so basically behind this gate and I'm kind of like taking photos over the top like this. And we just kind of hung out in the front and talked. Um, and mom just went down memory lane. I mean, it's so cool. I love when she yeah. gets in that mode. She's explaining like, you know, Chris is like the, the workbench was here. Cause it's a workbench. And then gets the back. There's two windows and he had the lathe on one looking out over the one window. And then to the other side, right next to it was the, the actual like two by 72 bench grinders. Mm-hmm looking out another window into the backyard, which is like a half acre going down. Cool. 
big trees and stuff. And he built like a, a apparently built a, a tree house for my sister and Dean because she yeah. spent like she was up. I think she was six when they left and uh, she spent time like running around there. And then, you know, and she said like this, this one other door uh, was where she would open it up and, and spray actually like coat the uh, the one piece knives. Yeah. Yeah. People kind of forget that. Like it's, yeah. it's a funny thing. Um, you know, it's I've heard comments before about, you know, and on the company, blah, blah, blah. We'll get into that some other day, I suppose. Right. But like people sort of forget that she was in South Africa mm-hmm. painting one piece knives like, and like was integral into the development yeah. of this company. And it has always been a cornerstone yeah. and a foundational. She's a very calm, consistent person and uh, is the kind of person that can sort of Even tame the yeah. froth that can like bubble up with oh, people so and, and personalities and stuff. And But it's kind of funny if anyone ever were to give any kind of grief to that, I guess in this industry, like sometimes the wife, the wives of knife makers are kind of tag alongs, like hanging out, riding the coattails, so to speak, when it comes to the industry, but people sort of forget that she was a part of that. She got her hands dirty. She was like one of the earliest people. She proved a lot. She, she did that kind of stuff. So it's not like day one, but like literally, Day three, whatever it was, you know, and it's like funny, like, you know, this day and age, like right now, it's not that she's like in there running master, like solid works, like designing a knife or doing things like that. But like she She still is why this company is what it is. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't have the heart and the soul. There's no two other ways. It wouldn't have been here without her contribution. Uh, equally as much as Chris's, obviously he was the yeah. driving force in this, but they like, had such an equal role yin and yang. balancing. Were, yin and yeah. Yang. Yeah. Like Chris had the vision and the drive and the push to get places that we needed to go. And like mom basically figured out how to get us there. Yeah. Like yeah. The ass end of the company with, with us and the family. Yeah. Like along. So anyone that's still listening to this podcast this far into it, if you've ever wondered or had that question. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting thing. I mean, she's been a part of this since, Durban, South Africa. Since yeah. this company was in a garage, yeah. it was her painting so we stuff, went to shipping stuff. Yeah, to Patricia Road, Gillets, Durban, South Africa. Yeah, it was really cool. Like it was surreal. It, yeah. it like you said, it it was surreal. It it was cool, and just like mom kind of telling the layout of the shop and just what they did. And and so, I'm sure you've the, seen it before, but like yeah, it's ages ago, like we went by, and and this time yeah. I I know what I'm looking at. I know I've got much more relevance. I. I'm in the shop every day. My hands are, you know, up yeah, to my yeah. elbows dirty. And so like it makes, it's much more relevant. Cool. Put it that way. Cool. Man. And, uh, yeah, it was cool. Yeah. So it was actually, she's honestly, going, she's I have going to give Matt a big shout out, big shout out because we wouldn't have done that probably if you didn't give us a little, like, like ring our, our bells a little bit before we headed out. And, uh, I was cool. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know. We might. And I, th- I think you said something to mom and she was the one that kind of roped it together. That's how you got to get things done around here. Just yeah. make sure I know about it. Yeah. It's going to be squared away. Apparently yeah. I'll just blow you off. Yeah. No, it's cool. <laughs> well, it's just funny because it's like, it's, you know, when are you going to be there again? Probably two or three years from now, maybe whatever. Maybe a little while. But it's, it could be five years yeah. from now. And so and we're finding like less and less reason to go to Durban. I mean, we love going and seeing the walkers and, yeah. and, and as long as they're still there, we'll go see them. But like Durban's, it's just turning into a crazy place. I, Has I, it? I, yeah. I mean, obviously, the fact that they built a wall of barbed wire fences around the house I've, since the last time you were there is kind of interesting. But, but it's a whole different beast. You know, we sort of take the everyday, day-to-day life that we have here in this area or in America in general. But we happen to live in what I feel like is one of the best places yeah. in this country, and it's just amazing. We take it for granted so easily. You travel anywhere else and realize, like, 
oh yeah, like things aren't as cool as they always are every day for us here. Right. You know, things do maybe get worse sometimes and some things just don't work sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Well, in any case, I'm glad that you guys went out there though. I mean, it's like, it's, you know, in my mind as a person that wasn't doing all the traveling and dealing with the grueling like schedule of that, it's like, right. If you're going to be in Durban anyways, like might as well pop in make there. the ten minute drive or whatever yeah. it is to go to see the place. That's so easy. This is all, dude. And so everything we, we do is because of that. Freaking the road garage, getting right? there is uh, there's this hill. Shit, what is it called? I'll, I'll remember okay. it. But anyways, it's like winding hill coming down. It was a classic, like my old man on his bike, and he would just hit those hills. And you're, it's like high speed, kind of highway, not a freeway, but like a highway coming down, like two lanes sure. both ways. Yeah, and. Uh, God, it was just like a one, like this hill that I grew up listening to, and just the stories on it. And there's always wrecks on it and like crazy stuff. And he used to just ride his bike, and he had a BMW that he just ride the piss out of yeah. through there. And that's yeah, cool. It's dude. just cool to, to be to like that. in the mic, just it, for a it, minute, the car to get to you know live for one second in that yeah. world. You know, because how old was Chris when they moved here? He's sixty. It's gonna be sixty-five this year. So, um. Not too much older than me. So it's an interesting thing. So at that point in time, yeah. with you on that hill... He'd be like close to your that age. That might have been like one of the last yeah. times or the age that he was when he left that mm-hmm. place. And here you are, 30 yeah. someone years later. Very cl- very similar age, like going At the same it. age, like driving that hill, kind yeah. of thinking back. What, what a weird, like a... What yeah. a weird sort of overlapping of consciousness and time. You yeah. Know? Not to get like a hippy-dippy on this right now. But no, totally. It was it's like, cool to yeah. think that, you know, you were at, for at least a brief second experiencing what he experienced, even if it wasn't um, anywhere near as badass. In the house and kind of, yeah, that little bit of records. putting your head in there yeah. and like, you know, Nadine and having a, a kid. That and, would have been his every day. That view would have been his everyday view stuff. when he was yeah. thinking about making knives, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. And uh, it, it was like, one of the funniest stories about that house that I love that my mom always says is, so there's like a particular day and she's trying to get birth cards written, right? The standard guarantee card that we still make today. And she's running around the house trying to find a working surface to like write these cards on. And every surface in the house was taken up by knife paraphernalia. Like okay. there's, so we used to get like the the old sheaths still coated in beeswax and we'd put them in the oven to like melt them off. Uh-huh. And so that's going on in the kitchen. And my grandfather, Stan, is in the living room, in the dining room, on the dining room table with these little wood boxes and he's making and assembling these wood boxes. Yeah. And, you know, the whole, you know, garage and all that kind of stuff is taken over with Chris and, and the knife making. And like the entire house is covered in, in, in knife paraphernalia. She goes, finds a place in her like the vanity top, like dresser top of the bedroom. And she's writing birth cards. And at that moment she goes, no, screw this. I'm like, we can't, we got to move out of the house. Yeah. <laughs> we got to move the knife endeavor out of here. It's getting too that personal. was the breaking point. Yeah. And I, I just love it. <laughs> when, like, you're, <laughs> when you're writing a birth card, whilst going number two, you realize. Literally, yeah. Like okay. you're yeah. close to that. Like you might as yeah. well be putting your makeup on and getting her up in the morning. That's so, the cool thing about. Yeah, that's where my folks came from. Traveling back to Idaho all of a sudden real quick. We were right. up at uh, the cabin up in Prairie, um, helping out that one day that I was up there. And in that weird little sewing table, opened up this drawer and there are a stack of unfilled out vintage yeah. Birth cards from that ilk. With a bunch of business cards from like two, was it two or three Patricia Road? Six. Yeah. Six Patricia Road. It was cool to see like like those exact birth cards like in that little weird table. It's like a little time capsule pops out. They're all the way to Idaho now. 
sitting up in a cabin in a, in a dark drawer, not being looked at ever. But we could put those online and sell for like ten bucks a piece, probably. You know, it's kind of funny, like <laughs> yeah. little pieces of paper from that uh, from that era. But what a weird thing, yeah, to get to go to Durban and, and see that and and witness it kind of in the flesh. I guess at a time where you're able to appreciate what you're looking at more so than not being younger as a kid yeah. going there not caring about what you're seeing like whatever yeah like, i mean back then like i loved as much as i could but in like first and third grade and you like, can't comprehend and then I was, like what that means to you now like yeah I don't know, 12 and 14 yeah. the next time or something like that and then the next time after that was, it was like two years ago so yeah yeah it's tough to like get your head around those kind of things so you guys were in durban you saw this place yep thank you for listening to me thank you Anne. thank you tim Dude, proxy. absolutely. I'm glad that you guys went there because that was just, you know, it's funny. I'm not on Instagram. I was making that joke earlier. I'm like one of the least with it millennials, minimally engaged in anything outside of like uh, the things I want to be engaged in. And it's funny too because I'm actually thinking about pretty soon getting the dumb phone, like going away from a smartphone in my pocket because right. I just, I don't know. I always say I'm an old soul. Maybe I buy into that a little bit too much, but I was not made to talk you about the not. toast I ate this morning you were on not. social media. But you don't have to. I know, but that's okay. what everyone does. And like that's what that's what it seems like to me. I kind of was made for Twitter. And I've so got I, the Twitter app on my phone, but I've yet to actually make an account and launch it. But one-liners and saying dumb dude, shit. I gotta eat you on Twitter. I got it covered. Um, so if the Think Twice Cut once Twitter ever happens, Matt will be the one running it. And at this moment, we have... I have to make a fucking pee stop. So I'm going to pause the podcast right now and I'm going to go pee real quick. I'm going to be right back. I can't believe you're doing this. Go ahead. I, I'm doing it, dude. Yeah. Yeah. This would be the, an unedited podcast except for pee, pee breaks. Okay. Literally. Swimmingly. Okay. Are we back? You sound so relieved. <sighs> no idea. Okay. Pressure's down. I'm sorry about that. I just had to make that happen. Um, to anyone still listening, that was only one second thought. It's okay. I've been up here for 20 minutes wondering what was taking so long. 20 minutes. <laughs> uh, like a right. one pit stop right there, dude. The South African trip. So we yeah. went to Durban. We got this all rocking. We probably should cliff notes it from here because everyone's like, dude, we don't care about your vacation. Yeah, let me. I care a lot. Yeah. But this is our first time actually catching up about it. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting because I haven't asked you anything about this trip. It's been like a quick, like fast catch up to speed. 48 hours. You got back, back in the shop and it's like, okay. here's kind of what went wrong. Deal with it. Dude. I still got work to do. And like, that's kind of like the extent of our catching up so far. It's not like the place like caught on fire or anything, but you know, just you it's leave. Usual. Stuff usual. happens. In my spirit play. So the reason for going there in the, it, overall was for Nadine's wedding. This yep. is your half sister. My half sister. And she got married in Cape Town. Yep. In Cape Town. She lives in Cape Town. Okay. With her, um, well now husband, Rolf Vessels. Cool. So she is now Instead of Nadine Reeve, she is Nadine Vessels. That's with a W. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cool. Afrikaans say V for W. And how, how long were they dating or together? I'm not exactly sure, but like a year or two or so. That's cool. They can finally make love now that they're married. <laughs> they can finally be together without sin. It's great. If you were raised in the church like <laughs> I was, that was a thing. Dude, yeah. I mean, you and I were raised in a Good for them. very similar worlds. But yeah, no, How was the wedding though? Like it they, was awesome. That they, was a... So they're kind of they're kind of like nerds. They're kind of they weird or whatever, but um not not weird in our a lot of like the American sense. But anyway, so they they had a non traditional wedding. Okay. But it was just yeah, I was just like taking a lot of the, the maybe the typical wedding stuff out. Okay. But they it was just it was awesome. It was cute. 
is very Star Wars field filled. Uh, yeah, dude, like lots of Star Wars references, and Rolf has like a bunch of awesome dudes, like just friends. They yeah. made, they dubbed the bootleggers, and basically, so we get to the so like the weddings in this little park, and they've got like you know refreshments and, and some like food and you know lemonade and, and stuff like that. But um, and then like these little bottles with the, a straw on the top with everybody's name on it, so you yeah, can find your. I saw those downstairs. Right, yeah, so we brought yeah. them back and everything, and and. Basically, Ralph made an announcement to everybody that, like, if you need a little extra kick in your drink, like, go find a bootlegger. And so they gave, Rolf gave, like, not necessarily his best men, because he didn't really have a best men. He just had, like, a guy that, like, married them. Okay. And then, like, one of Nadine's uh, best friends that married as well. So it was, like, okay. it was kind of very, un yeah, breaking tradition. Anyway, so they all had flasks with oh, okay. flasks. brandy, gin, tequila, okay. like, the whole nine yards. I they had some Cosby mix, some kind of crazy happened. No, nothing like <laughs> no, that. Okay. Not quite a, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Too soon. Sorry, everybody. Um, all right. So, so you anyway, hit so, the bootleggers so and you got a little extra. Yeah, you get a little tipple in your, uh, in your drink. <laughs> and uh, Yeah, no, so we, we had a blast and it was, it was super cute. And uh, Corbin, their really large-sized all-black pug uh, was like the, the, like walked Nadine down the aisle, you know? And, oh uh, yeah. Yeah. That's cute. Dude. All that stuff. So anyway, long story short, we had a, had a great time. And, uh, and then the, the reception was at a cafe, favorite cafe of theirs, just kind of like up the hill and around the corner from, from the park. And that's cool. Had a ball. Absolute ball is like build your own burgers was the, uh, uh food. Oh yeah. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. And we partied to old school rock and roll. Like we, belted and headbanged to a lot of Joan Jett and like um Guns N' Roses and it's my kind of party right there dude. Journey and like yeah Queen I wonder if when you were partying I guess I didn't play at Hannah's that weekend sometimes I play at this bar I fill in for a cover band uh when their bass player goes on tour I I step in for them and, and fill in every once in a while for anybody that doesn't know Matt is a amazing funky bass player i've been accused i won't say that though dude i was just gonna say it'd be funny if you were listening to country or country if you were listening to um you know journey out there i was probably what are the odds that at that same time you were were in this side of the country world hemisphere i I was playing don't stop believing for a crowd of drunk people so they walk so like you know there's the wedding and they leave like the place, and then it's uh-huh. like, okay, we'll meet you over at the reception, you know, that kind of thing. Okay, cool. We pack up and we all make it over to the reception. We're all there. And then, like, they come in with their entrance and it starts, it come, they come in to Thunderstruck Dude. by ACDC. Uh-huh. And, like, suddenly we're just, we're out in the back and we're having beers and it's like, and it's like, I wonder if they're coming. And we look over and they come like waltzing and it's like, dude, it was insane. That sounds pretty cool on a side note i have to say i've seen acdc live at coachella and it was the loudest and most aw- one of the most awesome concerts i've ever seen it was that's about right dude amazing. yeah do they have the cannons there yeah the thunder i'm i would like to say i would <laughs> yeah i remember it clearly coachella because i was, was totally sober uh, <laughs> right yeah it was um, so loud Anyways, All right. So, so you guys, that the wedding, wedding. Uh, and then was we, cute. yeah, that was kind of the end of our trip. We, um, and then so I, heard the, out of I heard the trip back here was a little Dude, gnarlier. Really. You know, it was a super long flight from Johannesburg to. So we wait. started in Cape Town. So yeah, it was Cape, Cape Town, Town here. You went to Cape Town to Atlanta. Cape like Town a, to Johannesburg to Atlanta to Salt Lake to Boise. 
you guess like a five hour layover in Atlanta and then like a three hour layover in Salt Lake, which when you're already traveling yeah. a bunch and already tired, like to sit in an airport for five hours oh, before your next five hour flight to sit in an airport for three hours. That's the hardest part of the trip for me. You can only have so much triple priced drinks at an airport. And it's like, you kind of think, oh, it's kind of cool because I can just get a little day drunk and not worry about it. But when you at the tail end of a vacation, you still have to get to your gate. You've already right just been time. making it rain the whole time because everything costs money because you're not like working in a it sense, you know. I get like super like the closer to the end of my trip, I get super frugal. My wife's like, yeah. "Stop it! You don't have to fill up your water from the toilet." I'm like, oh, "I'm not going to pay the one cent to use the water fountain." You know what I mean? Like it's Dude, ridiculous. I, yeah. Like, no, totally. But that's the hardest part of it. And that's what we caught up a little bit on on this trip. Right. But while you guys were gone, I had to be responsible. Yeah. Up, and I had to go to Blade Show West in Portland, Oregon. And that, uh, I say I had to. I got to go. It's always really fun. I might come off like a complaining sometimes, but I really enjoy getting to travel right. for music and travel for work like I get to Dude. do all the time. We're very, we're very blessed on we're that. We're super lucky. It's it's a lot of fun. Not everyone gets to do that. And it's, yeah. like I, it's not easy. And people that travel a lot for work understand what I'm talking about, but like it's also not horrible right. either. You at least get to like have a burger in Portland or have a, you know, whatever. Dude, yeah, it is, you get you to know. like yeah, see you get some to stuff. get a little taste of the action elsewhere. And so I was taking uh, the trip to Show West, Sands Reeves, which was kind of weird because everything yeah. I've ever done for this company, every trip I've ever had, has always been traveling with Tim and Ann yeah. as a staple. Like they're guarantees to be there, yeah. one or the other, or both, and, and nobody else. And you guys weren't there. Yeah. Which uh, definitely gets me a lot less coattail riding because when you guys are at a show, everyone's clamoring to take us out to dinner, this kind of stuff. I just get to hang out with them because I'm just there, you know. Uh, when I'm at the show, I did have people clamoring to take me to dinner, but I had to uh, sort of be responsible and, and drive people around. We had think Bill Harsey around. there. I had to think twice on this one. We had Bill Harsey there at the show with us. Then Carrie, how do you even say his last name? Beltwig? Vet. Like, it's oh, something that's not as easy to say as Reeve. It's but it's surprisingly easy to say. Every time mom says it back to me, I'm like, oh, that was easy. It's like Vetwig. Carrie V, yeah. who does love our holo grinding at the shop. Yeah, and, and his, his son, son works Trevor, for us now. Yeah, he's killing it in the kind of inlay prep world and like handle rubbing, a lot of labor labor intensive world. He's getting going. He's getting his teeth. Yeah, he's, he's cutting his teeth in this industry. It's nice. Teeth, yeah. It's a family business sometimes yeah. for other employees. But here, Carrie's but. Carrie's like a legend. That guy is. Oh, dude, he's like, <sighs> forgot more about holo grinding or grinding dude. and all that I'll ever know. Yeah. He was and like the main R&D setup guy for Gerber for many, many years. Yep. And uh, there's knives that they made, like many models of knives that only he could finish like the tips on or finish like yeah. swedges on. Like they would like Gerber high ups would would not let anybody else touch him and be like, we need Carrie to, to finish this up for us. He's the sweetest dude. He's done crush Love grinding and, and serrations like. He, just brilliant. Yeah, he met us out there because I drive a Toyota FJ Cruiser. Not necessarily the most luxurious backseat of a car. It's like a Corvette backseat on steroids. Dude, it's, it's it's amazing how much of a Corvette backseat that that, it's tiny. The, that off-road vehicle has. For a guy that has no kids and just moves base gear around, it works great for me. But when yeah. I'm in a situation where I'm like, oh, you want four people in one car? Like your uh, tiny little base pedal board fits. It's yeah. like, oh, I've got so much room in this backseat. Yeah, yeah, to... It's great for me as a person, but not great for like, people I as a whole. Fit it back there. No, it's small. Anyways, <laughs> I uh, 
I was driving out there. I took Abby with me from the front office. She does all of our web sales, all of yeah. our prep for Shopify. Abby's She's amazing. a bona fide badass. And She's we are my girlfriend's little sister. Basically the same person as we learned. Dude. Her, totally. She was born two days apart from myself, two days in like 20 years, whatever it is. 10 but years. Like 10 years. Yeah. We're pretty much the same. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the same views, pretty stable, consistent, hardworking, yeah. knows the grind, some kind of people. And she's a dancer. Who appreciate the dumbest jokes. I was telling Tim before this started, it got real. It got like, it was like there was no shame with us talking about puns or trying uh, things out. Like things that we would never say in front of other people. Dude, because and they like good Matt enough. and I get down a deep, dark it's hole. It's dumb. When yeah, especially when you're traveling. And like, like mom starts to join in. Marissa's like kind slope. of a natural, but she then is. she just like, she's way smarter than both of us combined. So, so she, she doesn't just want to talk to us. Shunts us she's like thinking about trigonometry and we're just like, yeah. duh, 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 that was funny. <laughs> yeah. And then she's like, Abby, chip off the old block though. Dude. She's got some strong, strong pun game. And we had a great I'm sorry, drive. Sorry, Gabrielle, but Abby's my favorite little sister. Yeah, Gabby. And Gabby's Abby. at college, so I'm sorry. Montana. <laughs> Missoula. Good choice, though. Um, anyways, the drive over there was great. We talked like the entire drive over there. It's funny on a road trip, the drive back is silent because you're just like to- so worn out. <laughs> That's definitely the case here. But Everyone's we saying, went Don't to, talk uh, to me. we went to Blade Show West. Had a phenomenal trip there. It's Easy awesome. travel there. We met Carrie at the Airbnb. He beat us okay. there, and uh, and then how was uh, the Airbnb? It was nice, dude. Was it was it? a cool spot. Yeah, I didn't I didn't hear anything about it. It wasn't a busy road. It was called so, Cesar Chavez Boulevard. Hmm. But as Bill Harsey uh, informed me with the people that he knows about, he knows everybody everywhere. Basically, yeah. he grew up in that area. It used to be 39th Street. Okay, very busy road. There was a lot of road noise as we slept. I would just on principle call it 39th Street after that. You're like, well, Bill Harsey said that it used to be 39th Street, so. We sort of did, jokingly from there on, once we learned. Oh, it was like, oh, Cesar Chavez, oh, you mean 39th? We would still kind of say that, you know, but. Perfect. Pretty busy you. street, like a four-lane road, a lot of traffic all through the night. But yeah. I kind of, like, don't have a problem sleeping with anything ever. I could sleep on a bed of nails uh, <laughs> yeah, on a, like, covered on fire without, like, thinking <laughs> twice, you know. Um, but it was right across from a place called Laurelhurst Park. Which was a super, uh, super cool. Literally across the street, like you cross thirty nine, you cross I swear I've been there. to Laurel Horse yeah. Park, and it's like a super big old park that has massive, massive trees. There was a dog park there. I got to pet some dogs. That was okay. away from my dog, Dude. which is therapeutic. It's literally like putting juice in Matt's battery. Yeah, like There's if he's if he's low, you just find him a battery or a, a dog. If I can pet a dog for a minute, I'm good to go. I've seen him walk like. 25 yards off from what we're doing. Just like not say anything, just like gone 25 yards off, pet a dog and like walk right back to us. Be like, guys, I just petted a dog. Yeah. Giant grin on his face. I just miss like when I travel. <laughs> I've seen it happen. Miss my wife, miss my wife, but I know that she understands where I'm at and what's going on. Miss my dog even more because I know that he probably shares a single tear every night wondering what's happening. He doesn't know where Why am I gone? Leo. Leo is a stud, by the way. He's the studiest of studs too. Matt has a little puppy. He's not really a puppy. He's an old man. He's seven years old. He looks like a puppy. He's beautiful. He's a terrier mutt. Yeah. We've had for like five or six years now. He's got like a similar little white trash goatee like I have. I do. But when I travel, I miss miss him more and he misses me more. When I get back home, I got some shit because I was petting him with vigor. Because he was jumping up and down, like making noises that I got home. And I was like, you give him all the love first. And I was like, well... Look at the reaction he if gives me. If you were jumping up and you down, you just got like off the couch, was. like, "Oh, you're finally home," and he was like, 
You're still alive. You fucking hope. I thought you died. Anyways, uh, there was funny. a dog park at Laurelhurst Park, and it was cool just to get to pet a few dogs. There was a little terrier kind of thing, and she was like super, like a 17 year old. See, that's the funny thing is like where you and Abby differ. Abby's not a dog person. She loves dogs. She doesn't love dogs. She just hasn't had the right dog yet, dude. She loves babies. I don't love babies. Neither. That's like a defining difference between you, us, and Abby. Yeah. Baby's great. Like I'll hold one for a minute. There's one day in the front office, so, so we have four people in the front office. Well, five, five, six of us, I guess. So it's like Kayla, Abby, Alicia, you, uh-huh. Marissa, and me. Yeah. Right. So half of us are, well, more than half of us are dog people. The other half are baby people. So in one day, we had babies come in and dogs come in. Me, Kayla, Matt, Marissa love the dog, which is I think it was our dog. Yeah. Baby comes in. Abby, Alicia, love the baby. Yeah. It was just so funny. I I appreciate people that love babies because I don't know how I'm going to love my baby. I wish, like, one of the reasons <laughs> I don't have kids is because I'm a little... Well, I'm terrified. I'm not going to get into that whole thing. The point is... Sorry, I digress. If they had baby boarding school, if you could have a child, get the mother out of the womb, and then send it off to baby boarding school... Give that thing back to me when it's four, kind of cute, or to go to preschool. Right. I'm interested. So I want my baby when I can push it over and it doesn't do any damage. Like I can drop it and it's okay. So any age? Because you push over like a girl. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, anyways, yeah, babies are great. I've got nieces that I love. That was a, Those yeah. are the first babies I was actually interested in because they were like, my tw- I have a twin brother. They were his kids. So they kind of in a weird way feel like they're my kids. Even right. though they're absolutely not. It's funny, but it's your twin brother's baby, so you kind of are like, Oh, this is like the genetic dice that I could have rolled here. But, um, all right, so they like babies. We went to the show, I got to see dogs at a dog park, but the show itself (laughs) was actually for us pretty cool. The boy show West, this is the first time we did it, and the jury's out. Some people say the last time was 08, some say it was 2010. Either 10 or 8 years was the last time okay. I had a Blade Show West. Yeah. Somewhere thereabouts. That's, the internet that's about tell right. Us. I th- I, in my head, it was like 6, 7 years, but I think it's further out. Apparently, the last one they had was like in a hotel conference room, and it was like not well attended, and it just was like the life was sucking out of that show, so they stopped it. This time, uh, this, this new show on the block was at the Oregon Convention Center, which right. is not a small venue. It's a beautiful yeah. venue. Really cool place. The caliber of vendors that were there... Uh, was phenomenal. It's it top notch. There's a lot of people. People showed up. Yeah. Vendors showed up. Exhibitors showed up. I think it some cool. top notch people showed up too, from what I saw. So I I watched all of this from South Africa via yeah. Instagram yeah. and Facebook and like all that kind of stuff. Word on the street was, I mean, overall for the show, people felt like it was slow attendance wise. Mm. It's hard to kind of hear that from other knife makers and other people that are there when we're pretty busy, you know. And right. We did, we did, you know, we did well. It was a good show for us. We didn't know what to expect. It's hard to plan for a show that hasn't happened in 10 years to know what to right. bring, what the crowd wants. Yeah. But we, so we kind did of, a cool thing. Yeah, uh, we kind out. of like came in, I don't know if it was necessarily um, like walking in the shallow, you know, dipping a toe in the shallow end or anything like that. But what we had lined up for, for what we're trying to, so you have to understand like in a company or at least our company and, and our backlog situation and, and what we're trying to do and bring cool shit to the table, right? Like, uh-huh. like new shit to shows and things like that. It's tough because we're always behind and we're trying to figure out how to like 
How do you bring a bunch out. of stuff to the yeah. show that you're led onto your dealers when if a dealer walked by, they would be like, don't I have that on order? Yeah. That's right. the kind of the struggle that we have because we're perpetually late. And we're trying and we're getting much better about being caught up on all this stuff in the last couple of years. And it's we also just, can't not go to shows because of like the networking, the appearance, like all yeah. that kind of stuff. And to also make it really, really worth it for us to go to shows, like to bring custom things. Yeah. And to like rub elbows. Just different stuff. And be like, this is what we're doing, and this is some cool stuff that we can do, and like that kind of stuff. So it's kind of like a big picture there. The first show that I worked here, like we, the first shows that we went to, it was just like bring as much stuff as you possibly can, mm-hmm. and that was it. And it works to a certain extent, but, but the reality like of shows is production stuff. People tour. are showing up to shows yeah. to see things that are cool for the show. Yeah. They don't want to necessarily make the pilgrimage to a show, pay like, the entry fee just to buy something they could buy online in a day. Average week. people don't go to knife shows. Like yeah. knife enthusiasts go to totally. knife shows. So they're past a lot of like the production things yeah. a lot of the times. So our mantra, time. you know, for shows the last little while, the last uh, year for sure has been to try to bring some yeah. limited run, sprint run esque kinds of things. Yeah. So like, you can't get every day, it's only available from us. Like direct at the show, right? And so it started it kind of last year. And special, we might not do it again. Did it really start? I guess it might have been kind of last year at at Blade Show. We did the Pelu and Ebony. Yeah, it kind of did kick off with like Pelu kind of and Ebony. Yeah, and that based on that success, we we're like, yep. okay, people want this. This is right. This is cool. Right. We just kind of always brought something a little bit different to the show. I think you know the USN show this year with the blacked out of noon songs and the, uh, and the Damascus stuff that we did, the boomerang uh, Damascus on those knives. We hit we figured it out for that show and what we've realized I mean, is we've got to start bringing something that's tailored to the crowd the general crowd at the show and it, that is, show not, is kind of different you know yeah and uh and so this year all this to say this year we just did a run of blue carbon fiber uh, inlays we did yeah. small sabenzas large sabenzas and amnundis and i'd like to call it subtle blue subtle blue because it not really like, is it's not like a royal blue it was so hard to photograph so we're over in south africa and like we're me and Marissa are counting because we're eight hours ahead, right? So mm-hmm. we're counting down. It's actually probably 24 hours ahead. We're counting down and we're trying to like make sure that we have photos that we'd taken like last minute before we hopped on the plane. And I take in a couple of photos um, from like the trays from inspecting. Like I inspected yeah. the knives yeah. and I took some photos. And those actually turned out better than like the, the studio shots huh. because that blue is so like el- elusive, it's so subtle. At a glance, but, but it looks blue. like regular black it carbon is fiber. Blue. Like but when you get it in the right light, it right. dances, man. It's it's kind of like it's a gorgeous. dimension to it. And so it was, it was worth us playing with and putting out. And it's not something that we're necessarily going to do for indefinitely. You can't necessarily you can't order it. Um, but it's something that we just wanted to bring out and show off. Like when we find navy blue things and dark blue things, like we love it. We're because that's like our that. company colors. We're nerds like that. Yeah. Yeah, we're just nerds on navy blue, I guess. And. Uh, and well, so it was cool. Yeah, the idea this being like... This is a perfect like, time to bring that out. What you're going to see from us at shows forevermore is something a little tiny bit different. It's not going to be right. necessarily... It, it could vary in collectability and ornateness or whatever right. it might be. But we want to be able to get... If someone's paying 30 bucks to walk into a show, right? they don't want to see what they can buy online every day of the week. And right. so we're trying to kind of nail that. And it's tough. It's a delicate balance because we have dealers that want like an exclusive thing. Yeah. And they see this run. Well, we would have bought that. Like, yeah, yeah, I know. I, yeah, we're working. We're getting there. Yeah, for us right now, it's about getting caught up, so that we can start doing yeah. the really fun stuff that we want to do. We're under a, a big backlog right now. Yeah, um, we're pumping knives out. We're putting out more knives than we've ever made before. Yeah, our quality is killing it. Like we're we're consistent. 
we're we're catching up on this the stuff that people have proved to us that they really love. And it's yeah. like I, I say this with all massive amounts of humility. I don't know why we're here, but it's it's the last thirty years of both my parents like working their ass off to get us here. It's humbling. It's humbling to go to the shows and have people yeah. talk to you about what they love so much about what we do, you know, and that's kind of one of the fun things that we get to experience that not everyone in, at the shop does are those kind words and the people being so excited about what we do. And yeah. we talk about this in the front office quite a bit. Like it can be kind of a dual edged sword. You know, people look at our right. stuff and they look for flaws. They look for this or that. They almost Absolutely. like find like, you know, enjoyment or, or relish yeah. when they find a mistake. Mm-hmm. And as frustrating as that can be, the fact that people care that much about what we do is phenomenal. Right. And other makers out there would kill to have that problem. And it's not a problem. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a silver lining uh, of a, of a kind of a crazy industry that we're it in. It keeps us like accountable. It keeps us on track. Oh, it keeps us like pushing forward. Chris set a high bar for us to clear forevermore when he introduces the Benz in the first place. And, you know, we'll never not clear it. But it's not easy to do, even for us, even after all, all these years yeah. of knife making, knowing yeah. how to do it. We know how to do it, but to keep everybody, all 45 plus or minus two people yeah. uh, in our company, doing that every single day is a real task. Like it's, it's it's a real thing. It's insane. It's like herding kittens, you know, and mm-hmm. it seems on paper, you look at it and be like, oh, it's easy. But there's just inherent complexity yeah. in it. But the point is, is like, you know, we make these decisions with, we, we're very cognizant of what we're trying to do and making sure that we're not ruffling every feather in the industry or all right. of our dealers wrong when we do something like this. But um, it's, it's, like, it's also like a necessary thing. Like we go to these shows to interface directly with our end users to give them a chance at something kind of special, even though it may not be like, you know, the collectors sought out thing forevermore, but it's different right. than what they could buy every day. And but like the people that bought the blue, like the subtle blue. They loved it, dude. It, yeah, they loved it. And they were like, about I it. love this because like blue is my color. Yeah. And, I, and we did it, I think we did it right. I mean, it was 60 total knives. It was 20, 20, 20. Mm-hmm. It was like 18 and two, right? Exactly. Of, of right-handed yeah. to left-handed. Yeah. And, you know, uh, it was large 21, small 21, and uh, Nundies. Yeah. And they're awesome. Like they looked gorgeous. And we switched up the, the um, hardware colors a little bit. So we went all silver instead of blue, like the Blade HQ exclusive to kind of give a, a little bit of separation. We put uh, all silver dot beads on the the lanyard yeah just to give it a little enough. bit of separation at a and, glance um, yeah so to all the guys that, that did go like show up to the show and you bought one of those knives or any other knife like thank you so much Absolutely. thanks for coming out thanks yeah. for supporting like blade show west which yeah i mean there's uh, uh from what i gather a mixed review makers uh like exhibitors to attendees to all that kind of stuff of the success and the you know maybe lack of gusto that showed up um, but All I, I think overall is, it was a good show. It was. Yeah. That's it's the thing for me. Show. Like as a person going to it for the first time, it, it right. surpassed my expectation of what it was going to be. I sort of assumed it might be a little bit slower than it was. Mm. There was good attendance for us, for our booth, for our thing. Was it like Atlanta Blade Show? No. No. Like, it's, and it never was supposed to be. To that, like, and that's the, the first big, year, you know, yeah. I think three or four years from now, five years from now, maybe. To call it a quarter of Blade Show West or Blade Show East. Yeah. To call it that would probably be pretty accurate yeah. a quarter of or maybe, maybe less touch than that less but it's like but again it's the first year and uh for from my standpoint as the person that was kind of you know running out the booth for the for the company there uh it was successful on, yeah. on multiple fronts it was successful because we had a ton of great interaction people that were there yeah. to see us yeah. 
We're you get stoked to hang about out with like West Coast us. people too. Yeah, dude, it's nice. And uh, nice. so the, the blue carbon fiber stuff, whatever didn't sell at that show, which we didn't sell all of it out. We are bringing with us to California Custom yep. uh, with Anaheim, a couple other California. kind of fun things as well that are we're getting pushed through right now. Mm. And then whatever doesn't sell at that show is going to come with us to the New York Custom Show in New Jersey. Mm. And so there will be chances for people out there to get these things. Um, but for us overall... Well, other than that, we're like not making a bunch more. We're not taking orders on it. Like we've no. got these kind of 2020 We'll do them again, but like it's yeah. when we choose to and it will likely be just kind of more like show related as opposed right. to uh, production and definite runs. And so... Mm. Um, it was cool. No, the, the travel there but was great. I will have to say this isn't the last of blue carbon fiber. No, not at all. Dot, dot, dot. Yeah. You're just going to have to get it direct from us. It Don't just, ask about it. This, this, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't email me about that. These yeah. are the 2020 20 that we made of these. So Yeah. Now, there's more to come on that front. And there will be, it's going to be a, a, re, uh, a, a theme and variation, if you will, for other shows going forward. Um, but uh, no, it was great. The, the staff there was awesome. The people yeah. uh, were really, really cool, by and large, that attended the show. Um, it was really fun to have Bill Harsey behind the booth with us, uh, Carrie behind the booth with us, um, and for Abby to see these people and, and kind yeah. of put faces to the names that she's heard this before. This is Abby's first knife show ever. she's ever been to. Yeah. No, she deals with you guys on the phone, deals with technical questions yeah. and she's emails. She's first line of defense. But, like, it was her first actual show, so it was say, cool for her to see like that. that um, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, the uh, after hour stuff for us was great. You know, it was it was predominantly just us that our crew hanging out together, which is a bit different than it usually would be. Usually, people would want Ann and Tim to be going out to dinner with them or here or there, and kind of we're going right. everywhere doing all this fun stuff. But uh, it was just a good bonding experience. I don't know either. <laughs> uh, you know, for us to uh, as a crew to get to hang out and, and get to know each other a bit better. Mm. Uh, the drive back was almost complete silence. I will say that Abby is a road trip warrior, dude. I appreciate She's her awesome. willingness to not want to stop at every town or rest stop. On the way back, we stopped once for one pee and one fuel up, and In we Pendleton. stayed on the road. Dude, if and that's ap- like that's epic for my family too. And my family is known for like powering through Dude. shit, and, and and like they would, like my mom and my dad would pow- like pride themselves like going and coming, yeah. no matter what. It was Pendleton. That's the stop. That's the stop. That's yeah. it. Like you don't you don't pee anywhere else. Why? Why would you? Why? Like I'm sorry else? you have to pee early on the way back, but we're going to Pendleton. Hold it, yeah. And that's what it's like. Kind of like a two thirds of the way. Not even. No, it's like it's almost a halfway exactly. It's it's yeah yeah. Just about. It's like three hours in. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Um, but it was cool because, um, yeah, yeah, Abby was uh, just I a just super like hardcore uh, road trip warrior with me. She was a very low maintenance passenger, and. Uh, <laughs> Put up with me eating beef jerky and drinking water the whole time. That's my road trip culinary choice Dude. of the year. Old and, Trapper. Uh, I almost got some Old Trapper today. Getting back into, into Idaho. I, oh, like, I got to get some Old Trapper. It's Idaho, man. Old Trapper jerky is the best. You're not having cured meats for your meals and I don't know what you're doing, boy. Um, Dude, okay, so quick interjection. Um, a, the equivalent over there is biltong. That's what those those dudes brought us at the New York yeah, Custom show. You had some at New York Ooh, Custom. It's like jerky. If like a oh my god. It's like if a if a tenderloin dude. It's if a, so if a backstrap good. was made into jerky. Those of you is. that are listening that know Biltong, you know what I'm talking about. Hashtag so send good. us that stuff to the show. Hashtag send yeah. us any Biltong you can because we will eat the crap out of it. Biltong, Borvorce, all that like. Yeah. Oh my God. It was, I'm not really versed so, in it, but I'll eat it with Marissa you. and I almost like, like we got stomach 
minor stomach problems, if you know what I'm talking about, for eating too much biltong, like off the, like out of the, out of the gates, like getting out of the place. We were going straight to Woolworths. So Woolworths is kind of like Fred Meyer here. Cool. It's like, it's like the, the general convenience store, but like they have everything. They have like clothing, they have the whole nine yards and honestly it's good stuff. It's good quality, everything. And it's reasonably priced. It's everybody gets everything from Woolworths. Sounds like Fred Meyer. It's amazing. So you guys got the, uh, like I've had the meat sweats. You guys got the meat something else's from this. Good for you. I'm proud of you, man. It's good. Well, we had a phenomenal show at Blade Show West. Uh, The people that showed up, the vendors that showed up, the exhibitors, just a, just a really, really good time. It was, it was fun to see people representing and showing up to this for the first time around. And I was very, very impressed with the caliber and the breadth of exhibitors that were there. I really hope that if anybody felt like um, attendance was low, uh, yeah, that could be changed. Maybe maybe mm-hmm. they could advertise more. Maybe this, that, blah, blah, blah. It's the first year. Give it a few more years, yeah. and I think it will kind of be a thing on the map. And, and uh, you know, it's it's always a, a chance that you take going to a show for the first time or the first time in a decade or whatever. But um, from my perspective, it was awesome. Uh, it was very well run as far as the, um, you know, show itself was concerned. Yeah. Uh, easy to deal with the the crew that was setting everything up, tearing it down. But it was it was cool. Do we freight stuff front. there with, with Freeman? No, we just uh, brought it in the old oh, FJ man. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, did you roof rack anything? No, nah, didn't have oh, to. Didn't have. I could have. I was talking your roof rack like way high. I was gonna put Abby on there if I had to. <laughs> put the knives in the front seat. Picked up Bill Harsey from, like, She would have been fine. The last episode. She'd been fine up there, and she wouldn't. She would have loved it. Penalty, she actually dude. probably would have been like, oh, it's so fresh up here. Not to smell my Abby jerky breath, dude. Trooper, I love that girl. She's a trooper and a half, man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, Boy Show West for us, uh, to recap that, phenomenal. For the few minutes that I had to walk the show, which were very few and far yeah. between because, you know, my, my goal, my, my gig there was to man the yeah. booth. I was more uh, wanting tough. Abby and like Bill and Carrie to get out there to see stuff because, yeah. you know, I get to go to shows all year round. Um, right. But uh, I had a great, uh, great stop by the few booths I was able to go see. I was actually given this knife. Yeah, the ShamWow. The ShamWow. The C- uh, is it Civivi? Civivi. C-I-V-I-V-I. We Knives Suve. Economy brand. And uh, Joe was fortunate, uh, kind Dude. enough to give me this. No shit. I didn't even know Joe that well. I love Joe. The first time we met him was Iwa Dude, two years ago. And the first thing he him. says right out of the gate is, I'm sorry that counterfeits are made in my country. And we're like, Dude. you don't have to apologize for China, dude. Yeah. It's okay. Um, but Big that was like, I thought knives. it was pretty cool that he, that was like the first thing he wanted to acknowledge was that it yeah. was hard for him to break into the industry and be taken seriously when people 100%. make counterfeits of everyone else's knives there. 100%, yeah. And uh, he's always been a very professional, very legitimate, nice dude. And it extended to me on this trip when he gave me this. I was looking at the stuff. I said, I heard about the brand, wanted to see it. And uh, he's like, well, pick which one you want. You can have it. I was like, that's really cool. You picked uh, a good one. You usually get the free stuff. So I was happy to be there to get the Dude, free stuff. Matt needs to get more free stuff. Hashtags and free stuff. But uh, this was, um, I'm blown away. Not that we should be sitting here also, like. I get pretty stuff because how pretty I am. You understand? You understand? Yeah, you get stuff from all the dudes in the industry. I got ladies sending me nice son. No, it's uh doesn't doesn't matter. It's neither here nor there. The point is very appreciative. And actually, this thing retails for forty two dollars or something like that. It's insane. The quality of it is unreal. The fit and finish for that price is quite honestly scary. 
Right. Obviously, the blade steel, some of the, you know, some of the. There's also some like little goofy things, but for for fifty dollar knife, under fifty dollar knife, like it's insane. Uh, Keep buying our stuff, please. But uh, this was pretty wild to see this kind of quality at this uh, price point. And this is not an advertisement. We are not sponsored by anybody. But I just wanted to say a shout out, Joe. We know CVV. Thank you for giving me this for free. No, it's not CVV. What is it? CVV. Is it CVV? C I V I V I. I don't know. Shama. Whatever it is, thank you for the free knife. And uh, I've got ones that I will carry every day otherwise, but this has uh, actually Dude. been hanging out with me and, and floating all over the shop today. I keep telling everybody, yeah. this is 40 bucks. Like, he made me pull my Sebenza out of my pocket and put and like carry that for half the day. And, yeah. Uh, Dude, great knife. I have to shout out to like the design. Like the, the general ergos, the design, it's a great knife. It's, it, yeah, great knife. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm glad you came up on something. A little, little knife. Uh, yeah. Little knife kit. Yeah. You got this one from Tamote last time around. Yep. I could have had it, but I didn't. I was trying to be nice, but I should have taken yep. it. Yeah. But um, the point is, it was uh, Blade Show West was awesome. Uh, who else did I stop by and hang out with? Uh, J- Freeman Knives. Oh, yeah. Um, Dude. Big, massive, massive shout out to Jeff Freeman and Freeman Knives. That, that dude's awesome. Done- Real, he's the nicest, most chill dude. He took me around and showed me a few other things around the show because I was like learning from other makers. Like, I come to this from the sell side, the retail side of it. You know, I'm looking at things through a little bit different lens than a maker does, and it was really fun to get to pick his brain for a minute and have him show me what he's interested in, what he looks at because he was like a high up guy at Gerber for a long time. He's a like CAD CAM machining whiz, his wife is too. Whiz is almost like not enough, yeah. That guy's a just fucking awesome. I just know him as being like one yeah. of the most mild mannered, nicest dudes. And he, you know, took the time to show some dude like me kind of around yeah. uh, for uh, for a minute. And it was super yeah. appreciated. Um, it was awesome hanging with him. The Conings were there. She's a dude. Big shout I hung out, out uh, with Medford for a minute. Uh, I hung out with, uh, with uh, also, Michael. Uh, Greg. Medford. What's his last name? The cowboy you. hat guy. Who? Michael. Michael. The character. Knives. K N I V. Oh, dude. Mikey, Mikey V. Mikey V. Dude. Yeah. Michael. Van I buy him a beer. Dylan Kemp. He owes. He owes Van me a beer Kemp. now. Put it out there. He. Oh, I know he's Mikey good for V. It. Owes Matt I know Fabby I know a beer. Good. I know he's gonna get. Oh, he's always good for it. But I bought him but a I'm beer. I'm gonna shout him out and make sure that that his beer stuff was awesome. Uh, I saw a bunch of custom stuff that was just mind blowing. I walked right by the Cold Steel booth, and then I um, just kind of kept checking out other stuff. It was it was it was a really really cool show. We had a blast of a time, and uh, and thanks to everyone that came out to that show and made it what it was. Yeah. Uh, and go to it next year. It's going to get bigger and better as the time goes on. But it is a uh, it is a really really cool show, and uh, and I have to apologize for being like complete radio silence, like internet wise. I I do all the social media and stuff, and and we popped up the the photos and. Promoted the the blue stuff, and then people were asking me questions, and I didn't know any of the answers, so I just didn't say anything. Yeah, when you're on vacation, I was, yeah, okay. I was on vacation, and I figured that you know, if you showed up to the show, you'd you'd find out. So yeah, totally. Sorry, major sorry, but whatever. Well, it's always good to end a podcast on an apology note, since you've got that done. <laughs> uh, let me just apologize for this whole podcast. But if any of you have made it this far, thank you. We know that it will get better. We will start featuring other makers that embody the Think Twice, Cut Once mantra. Yeah. We've got a whole myriad of things we're going to be doing and, and kind of more plans. But we figured it'd be kind of fun to keep stuff coming out, 
talk about your yeah. trip to South Africa, talk about our Boy Show West recap, and, um, and kind of keep things keep things fresh. You got anything else that you want to chat about? I felt like I had so many things to say, and now they're all like disappearing. Now that you said that we're ending this podcast, <laughs> I don't know. More for next time. Yeah, no, I I think uh, I think Blade Show West was was uh, interesting to witness from the southern hemisphere of yeah, witness <laughs> from from afar. Um, it'll be interesting to see what what happens next year. I, I really hope that they bolster and push the show. Um, I hope I hope a lot of people come out. Um, yeah, so that, I don't know. That's a wrap on on Blade Show West. But what I do want to shout out, changing gears a little bit, uh-huh. is what are we heading into next? A couple other things I want to talk about. Sorry, I'm not ending this right. Are you asking me real quick, hypothetically, or or do you want me to no, as like one? a banner of this section? What are we headed into next? Tune in next week for. Um, <laughs> no, so so this next weekend, this coming weekend, we're actually going to spend at home. We might go up into the mountains and and spend some time, but the weekend it's, after, it's weed. you got to turn your back pocket. What's going Dude. on? Okay. I'll be me, uh, my girlfriend, on a little mini tour uh, of the Northwest, dog. playing some shredding some bass with Jeff Crosby. But yeah. You'll be home hanging out. I'm gonna go to Prairie. But then we immediately next week are going to the California Custom Show. California Custom Knife Show, CCKS, baby. CCKS, Anaheim, California, Embassy Suites. It's gonna be awesome. Always is. This is the so first year. It's the been 17, taken 18, over. 19, 20, 21st, 22nd. 19th, 20th, 21st, 22nd. 19th, 20th, 21st. That whatever I weekend is closer than 20th is. Whatever that weekend. weekend is. Um, fresh show Plaza has turned it over to recon one and yeah. their Plaza will be there, but it's going to be kind of a new take on the show. We're right. looking forward to that. It's always been a very successful, very awesome, uh, and well run show. It's one of the most prolific and longest running custom knife shows on the West coast. Yeah. It's awesome. And it's now fun. it's changing hands to it's the great, next generation. Yeah. Just the next, the torch yeah. On. yeah it's it's going to be a fun one. And then what we're back for. Then I bounce again on tour, and then we'll go to New York Custom after that. So there's going to yeah. be a couple of chances to come hang out with us um, uh, under the Chris Reeve Knives capacity yeah. um, in the next couple of weeks. But then we've just got, it's like we're in the fourth quarter, and now everything we're talking about here is about what are we doing for shot? What are we doing for EWA? Like, what are we yeah. doing, you know? Like, like we're looking at like we have to start quarter one six next year ahead. already, and it's... Yeah, it's it's looking insane. It'll be tomorrow before we know it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, but uh, it's be fun. Good stuff on the horizon. This podcast will continue to develop and get uh, a bit more focused and a bit more streamlined. But we just want to keep content coming out there for you mm-hmm. guys, and then uh, you guys being the two of you listening to it. Hi, mom. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and my mom. And actually, uh, my mom's not listening. It's and it's not my girlfriend either. It it might be my dog listening to this. Yeah, she's dumb enough for that. I'm dude, kidding. She's so, so smart, smart, dude. I had to just get some kind of burn in on somebody, on us. Um, but right, yeah. So real quick, Matt, what are you carrying today? Today for me? What What do you got in your pocket? Except for your Civivi. I've just got my plain Jane's Blanc Cosi. Oh, cute. This is my most broken in knife that I own of ours. Yeah. I have knives that I carry every day and I love them all. But today it's my small and Cosi drop point. And this, if I do say so myself, is one of the Feels best good. feeling out there. Feels in my good. opinion, I'm a little biased. What you got here, man? You got a crosshatch, but this is not. Feels good. This is not the original tail end of this mother. I can no, tell by the data No, that's a bastard child of of um, stuffs. You've got what you always have in I your pocket, gorgeous, which is something that yeah. you can't have, but Tim has it, and so don't ask for it. But this is a <laughs> current or a last year's production front face on a uh, our front so handle. So that was one a, of the prototype front faces that we sent out for PVD coating. Um, uh-huh. The crosshatch is in like a slightly different location. 
Um, it's got a little bit more of a bronze color than flat dark earth. But anyway, so that was, that was floating around in my desk drawer since 2016. And uh, that knife is a 2011 carbon fiber front face. Um, that was my dad's. I found in a drawer or in a, like a cardboard box, like thrown in the bottom. You know, it was his pocket carry for a while. It's been sharpened by him by hand, like many times. So the, the, there's a lot of like belly gone and, and stuff like that, but, um, great little knife. And I, I just recently, so I carry the carbon fiber, you know, with the carbon fiber front face quite often. And then just recently I popped that, that, um, cross cross hatch front face on there. It's just kind of cool. I love that. That was a cool idea of mine. I have to say it was kind of cool. Yeah, and, no, it uh, worked. It worked. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people love it, and uh, yeah, it worked out pretty good. It's cool, man. Yeah, it's cool. So anyway, jamming a, a Sabenza today. Sabenza twenty one. Sabenza, which is um, quite rare for me. I, I have to say, I usually have something else in my pocket. But I've been carrying the Impinion for the longest time, but I just yeah. uh, swapped this out after this weekend, and it's uh, it's got a good spot in my, my pocket as always. <sighs> Dude, this feels good. Small and cozies are fun, man. The tanks, man. The workhorses. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Um, pocket carry there. Let's wrap this mother up, dude. People are probably done listening to us. Listening to me open mouth breathing no microphone. It's 8.30 now. Let's get out of here. She's like, hey, you've been off of work for five hours. What are you doing? Dude, I got this iPhone 10 and it face recon- It face opens my phone. It's so funny. Well, you got a specific brand of ugly. It's easy to... <laughs> <No>. <laughs> let's leave it on that one. Should we? Yeah, I don't think I had anything else. All right. Anyway, till next time, we're going to throw another... Uh, so, okay, so the next podcast that we do, if we can get it done, will be custom. in California. Okay, but it's really over now. We're going to do that. Yeah. We're going to do one in California. We'll see if we can do it in California. I don't know what it's going to look like. We're bringing the gear. We got this. We got this. Yeah, gear. we're going to figure something out. We're tech savvy. We'll wrap this up. Camera's already off. Camera's, camera's dead. Again. Yeah. It, it's not been... It just died a minute ago. I, I think this is Matt trying to tell me that he has to pee. No, I'm good. Oh, fuck, I have to pee every day. Again? <laughs> let's, leave, let's leave him with that. Literally what I have to ask. Yeah. Anyway. Thanks for listening. All right, you guys. We'll see you guys soon.